I'm Beth Cornell, I'm your host. Welcome to Sit Still and Listen. I'm here today with my co-host, Sarah Cornell. Hello. Who happens to be my daughter and a very fine young adult. So today our our subject is kind of serious. Actually, it's very serious. But um, as always, we kind of try to have we try, try not to leave you too in a too depressed state about it. However, so our very first podcast was on climate change, and it's gotten the most views we've ever had. So, just in saying that, I think. I don't think it was our best podcast. Our sound was awful. Yeah. Um, we just kind of did it on the spur of a moment. So having lived through the summer, we just lived through and are living through some more things. We decided it was time to revisit the subject because it's obviously something that people are searching for and looking up. It isn't something that I advertised, Hey, come listen to our, our climate change chat or whatever yeah it was more like we made a podcast maybe go listen yeah this is our first podcast and it was it's gotten (laughs) it's blown up and it's gotten the most attention so we want to talk today about some things that have happened recently within the last month all these things we're talking about are very recent within the last month some of them are within the last week um definitely Uh, And these are things that are going to change the face of the earth, where they've happened, and the people who live there for possibly a decade or more to come. So, um, how should I do this, Sarah? Should I list them, or? What do you mean? Should we take them one by one? Start wherever you want. Okay, so let's start with a little chronological order. Um, Probably won't get this exactly right because these overlap. These events are Mm -hmm. overlapping. So the first thing I noticed, um, of course, is Arizona, where we live. It's very hot. We've had extreme heat and days, record-breaking days for weeks. Yeah, and like usually in July we have a week or three weeks of really high heat. And by really high heat, we're talking like 115 to 120. Yeah, Fahrenheit, by the way. For people who are Celsius, that's about 46 degrees, I think. And and with that is no rain. Sometimes we get wind and lightning, but we have had no monsoons or humidity. Uh, oddly enough, it feels humid sometimes, but we never get rain. And, I think um, what ends up happening is like when we do get rain, it ends up raining higher up in the atmosphere and it falls, but before it reaches the ground or reaches anywhere to actually like get wet, it actually evaporates before it gets to us. Um, and I think that that's what makes it humid. <laughs> it could be, very well be, yeah. Anyway, um, this has been going on so long, and we've had uh, more people die of heat exposure this year in and around Phoenix 
weeks than we have in past years. We've also had a very bad fire season ourselves here within the state mm -hmm. over the last couple of months. Um, and then inside of that, <clears throat> I noticed around the first week of August, there was this thing called an inland hurricane or a Draco. I don't know if I'm saying that right, or a Drencho or mm -hmm. anyway. links, links in the description. Um, where it literally blew down most of Iowa and links in the description about um, from the National Weather Source that describes what happened there. And I'm just like, I've never heard of that before. I'm sure it's happened before, but um, this one was really bad and it, it really destroyed a lot of crops and buildings and it didn't get that much attention. It didn't get that much national attention. I'm a news junkie and I, and I am also a bit of a weather junkie. Um, so I pay attention, let's just put it that way. So I noticed it and I thought, well, that's weird. And how is that gonna affect our heat and our high heat? It didn't do a thing, didn't do a thing here. It kind of originated out west here, but it didn't really affect us. And yeah. it came through the middle of the country. Um, and then the fires started in California and they've just spread. And they're all up the west coast now, even in Oregon and Washington, yeah. Colorado. Um, and these are not small fires, and these are not contained fires. A lot of times you hear about wildfire out west, and, and it's contained, and they let it burn out. But these fires are still spreading and still burning, and they don't have enough firefighters um, or resources to come out and fight these fires. We've actually heard of uh, Canadians coming down to help California. And why do we have uh, no coverage, no attention being paid to the amount of destruction that's happening? Um, our skies here in Phoenix last week were, uh, well, actually it was just a couple days ago. Yes, just like two or three days ago at absolute maximum there. <laughs> right. Um, I get up really super early and I walk a couple miles and and it was dark when I did it, but I could tell that it wasn't going to get light and there was this just haze. And then when yeah. the sun did come up, it was like a weird color. And yeah, we're starting so, to get, basically we're starting to get affected by um, the fires from California, Colorado, um, because they're actually so big that they're causing their own weather systems now, um, which is a thing. It's called fire weather. And uh, uh, because of that, we're getting a lot of wind. Um, and that comes, you know, into our state and that blows all of that um, smoke and everything else just directly into our state. So we experience a lot of um, uh, smoke covered skies. It's, you know, hard to breathe sometimes like I know uh yeah. today the both of us kind of woke up with kind of like a little bit of like a frog sitting in our throat there and it's definitely not because of um the raging pandemic that's also happening right alongside literally these natural disasters that are just 
absolutely plowing our country to death. <laughs> right. So, and, and it makes you, it makes you wonder like the displaced people, how are they being protected from this pandemic? Mm -hmm. And where are they? Where are they going? Yeah. And um, in answer to that, maybe, I don't know. Uh, we, we then turned our attention towards Hurricane Laura, which came on shore right at um, the junction where Texas and Louisiana meet, just east of that. Uh, believe Your it's, mic. Sorry, bump my mic. <laughs> Try that again. It's Cameron. Cameron, Louisiana is where Hurricane Laura came in. Mm -hmm. And that again, uh, during the hurricane, there was a lot of coverage and a lot of news personnel in the area. During the aftermath, not so much. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple of friends over there. Uh, one evacuated and the other stayed. Uh, and this, and we're talking a, a large area along the coast, which is completely flooded. There's nothing left. And then the hurricane came ashore as a four, which is, is with, you know, a very strong eye. So that hurricane was intact when it came across. And um, the area around Lake Charles is just flattened. They got mm -hmm. so much wind. Uh, it took off a lot of roofs. It took whole buildings away. The devastation is just incredible. And these, are, these people um, have survived more than one hurricane. Um, a lot of them evacuated. And I think because there isn't a great loss of life in that area, the news channels turned away from it. That's yeah. just some of them some of them did report initially about a week ago um you can find news reports um of the destruction but that's where it ends it's like look at this destruction now on to something completely different and uh i understand that you know there's a lot going on in the world but there's a lot of people who just got displaced by an enormous hurricane there are a lot of people who are displaced by fires in California, Oregon, and Colorado. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I follow a lot of people who are content creators who live in California. And um, just this afternoon, um, Susie from Kitty Cat Gaming, who's part of Game Grumps, she just posted, I can smell smoke in my house. And I'm, af I'm afraid that we're going to have to evacuate. And uh, that's, that's scary. That's a scary thing. Um, to, to have to think about, you know, because she, you know, I, I'm not going to say I know where she lives, but I know the area she lives in. Um, and that's really close to very big kind of California suburbs. So that's. Yeah. One of the fires um, originated kind of in Riverside, uh, very near up, you know, well-populated areas. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the things that I've seen burn in Oregon are buildings. So mm -hmm. hopefully they got the people and animals away in the fire. 
but I'm not sure. So um, additionally about the Louisiana hurricane, um, you know, without help, outside volunteers, outside help, mm -hmm. um, this place isn't going to recover very quickly. There, there, there's multiple levels of disaster happening here. It's not just everything blew down. It's also a chemical factory blew up. And all the fish in Lake Charles seem to be dead. And washed up, like, along the, the shore of the lake. <laughs> Which I hear is a common thing when a hurricane comes through. Mm -hmm. But it seems an odd coincidence also that... What did we read, Sarah? I've there read a lot read. over the last few days. There are several odd things. Um, anyway, the articles are linked below. The other thing that, that really stuck out is they're not going to have power for maybe up to two months. Yeah. Um, typically, three weeks, they usually get the power back on. But I think because things are just so devastated that they need to remove so many piles of debris and trees and things like that. Maybe that's why it's going to take that long to get the power back on. But um, I also know, people, feel I also feel like they're not getting the attention that they need. They're not. And and, yeah. and if, if if they maybe you know had a little bit more of a stage, um, to you know highlight these people who were who have been displaced, who have been you know have their homes completely ruined by this. A horrible catastrophe that maybe they'd be able to get even more relief than they've already gotten which from what I've heard is extraordinarily limited um, in what they've got um, whether that's because you know again the hurricane was just so catastrophic in the area that they're having a hard time covering everyone because they evacuated everybody um, th that right. that's the problem or perhaps it's something farther up the chain um, in command there? Um. Well, um, my friend who was also my website client for um, nearly 20 years mm -hmm. um, sent a short testimony about what happened with her and she was evacuated. So I'm going to read it verbatim here. It um, says, we should probably say who she is. Probably. Mary Beth Haybear. Hi, Mary Beth. Lake Charles, Louisiana. I was going to say that at the end, but yeah, and we're going to put some links down below to her caricature art, and she's a caricature artist and a graphic artist, and a dang good one. I can testify about how well the Department of Children and Family Services, DCFS, also a link below in case somebody needs that, has been over backwards to take good care of us evacuees. They care about me and my dog. The Lake Charles DCFS employees were at a pickup point, the Burton Coliseum, and they sent us here on a big pet friendly bus um, when there was a mandatory evacuation declared. The Baton Rouge DCFS employees were here to greet us at a pet friendly hotel Apparently, they network across the country to provide for people in lots of emergencies. I've seen photos of the damage in Lake Charles, and it forces one to process emotions of loss. 
My friends told me to stay put in Baton Rouge where my dog's health needs are being taken care of by DCFS by seeing to it that I get dialysis appointments and that I have a shuttle driver to take me there and also a veterinarian for my dog. Her dog is also a chronic illness. The DCFS people even gave me a new walker to help me. I'm an amputee and I had to get into the hotel shower. I decided to do something to show my appreciation, so I gathered some drawing materials and drew free character church today. They were well received, so I will be drawing again. I have renewed appreciation for the role of DCFS workers. Department of Family and Children's Services. So that's who stepped in and evacuated mm -hmm. those folks in Louisiana. So thank God. Um, <laughs> and also, you know, um, there is no, there is no plan about what's going to happen to get them back. And some of them don't have a place to go back to. So we're going to come back and follow up with that because I think that's important to know. And, and we, we also have, you know, somebody who's in this situation and we want to make sure that, you know, yeah. she's able to like, get taken care of. yeah, get taken right. care of, if not return home, find, you know, a new home somewhere else and that she's obviously safe and, and well taken care of. I'm really glad to hear that she's safe and well taken care of because. Yeah. Um, well, um, a lot of times people don't evacuate, but I believe when they found out that this might uh, have a large storm surge that could reach inland mm -hmm. all the way to Lake Charles, it didn't, thank God, that would be much worse um, that they decided to make a mandatory evacuation. And kind of at the last minute, it seemed, but they all got out. Um, and so far, I believe the death toll is somewhere around 16 to 25 people. And a lot of those people died from carbon monoxide poisoning due to running generators indoors. Back to the West, I heard on the radio today that we are going to experience an El Nino, uh, which is- Not great. Uh, not good. <laughs> more, more wonderful news. So that means our winter is going to be extremely dry and warm because the Pacific is experiencing warm surface temperatures. It's so. beginning to look a lot like not Christmas. <laughs> yeah, and we're, we had um, a dip in the jet stream that caused oh. snow snow okay it caused a 60 degree temperature difference in a 24-hour span it was it was a hundred and what 110 on yeah. monday it was 110 on monday as the high and then on tuesday the high was 93 <laughs> uh and uh our our low that night was 67 66 whereas before our low would only get in the high 90s yeah. We never got cool weather in the nighttime, which is 
is why I walk in the nighttime because it's, you can't walk in the daytime. It's, it's like walking on the surface of the sun. It's way too hot. Like even it, if you think the sun beating down on your shoulders is a feeling, wait until the sun beats down on the ground enough and then you feel it through the soles of your shoes and the tops of your feet. That's, that's when you know the sun is really, really trying to, you know, get you back in the house. <laughs> Yeah, so um, that's also bad news for um, any thought of rain that we might have to make up for the deficit, you yeah. know, in our reservoirs and, you know, help uh, tamp out all these fires. They're saying our fire season just might not end. Yeah, we might turn, might into, might turn into an additional uh, California. Now, in the valley... Uh, not a lot of places would potentially catch fire because there's we're a little too built up. There's a lot of buildings around. However, in uh, places like um, like on the outskirts, like uh, Wickenburg and uh, those kind of places where there's a lot of trees and underbrush, um, that would be bad. <laughs> that we would basically just be surrounded by fire at that point because um, we kind of live in the center of Arizona. Now there are some like areas down in Surprise that are kind of like scrubland-ish. We actually have some free-range cows. We um, have had uh, brush fires here, but their brush fires are very small. They're yeah, not they're, like a forest fire. No, but I we think... We don't have forest here. But. Yeah, we, <laughs> we don't have forests in the valley. Up north we do, but I mean... Yeah, up north we've had several big fires already. Yeah. And then in the south too we also have we had we had our i think it's our second most historic forest fire this year um it was almost as big as our most historical one um it was it was I yeah think, this year it's been kind of a record breaker yeah in every way it's not good and it isn't and it isn't ending it's just like you know when august began and i i really started to hear about the weather and um, the extreme weather. Right, let me put it that way. It's yeah. always the weather. Then I just heard about like one thing after the next. There was no end to it. And yeah. I don't expect there to be one now that I hear El Nino. Yeah. You know. I had a I had a friend of mine ask if I was, you know, worried about, you know, the fires coming over here. And I'm like, to be honest, it's only really a matter of time now, especially after hearing it's going to just continue to be dry that, you know, because... Well, between here and there, we have vast desert. Yeah. That, that fire would have a hard time traveling across. Really. Yeah, but at the same time, like, it's very easy for fires just to start here, especially because once the weather drops out here, people go outside again. and. Yeah when people, when the weather, you know, that temperature drops, what do people most like to do here? They like to have bonfires, sit around the fire, you know, yeah. s'mores, whatever. But right now there's a no burn. Yeah. We, yeah. But how many people are going to listen to that? <laughs> it's true. In, I mean, in the valley here, people don't listen to it. You we, smell things burning out there. Yeah. You can, you just burn whatever you want. I mean, like we are, we're already having a problem with people not wearing masks. How many people are going to listen yeah. to no burn? Nobody. Right. Those yeah, same, and, those same people the, are going to be like, I'm going to have a bonfire because uh, it's not going to happen here. It's not going to happen to me. 
in the air here is not good to begin with. We have um, UV indexes and we have uh, pollen indexes mm -hmm. and we have poor air quality indexes here. It's not as bad as LA's air, but I mean, it's close. <laughs> I think we have LA's air right now. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. But uh, getting back to that temperature dip, that jet stream, it came straight down. It took a, t a downturn, and I, I believe it was Denver that were, was 101 one day, and the next day it was snowing. <laughs> For real. That'd be so weird. It caused some bad wind here in storms, but we didn't get anything like that. Yeah. That I know of. It, it rained. It rain. It did rain. We have had rain, but it's the kind of rain where it rains for about 20 minutes and then it's done. And then an hour later, it's just, there's no water on the ground. It's completely evaporated and gone because it's 110 degrees outside. <laughs> right. You know, we've lost more ice sheet than we've ever lost. We lost a glacier. We lost right. a whole ass glacier, and and I think it's in. I think it's in Norway. It's in Norway. They have a plaque. They they have an actual like plaque and gravestone for the glacier that we lost this year, and it says, "Let this be a reminder that this should never happen again." <laughs> um, so well, I don't see how it's not going to happen again. Yeah. So you know. A lot of people say it's people. People are doing it. I tend to believe it's a sun cycle of some kind. I tend to believe it's big companies because they do far more damage than a singular individual. Now, granted, if we all chipped together and did it, sure. But I think, you know, a city of about, you know, 4,000 people probably puts out, you know, as much waste as like a small company probably does. So... I will grant you, companies do waste, even small <laughs> ones. <laughs> yeah. I worked for one back in the day before the EPA, right when the EPA started to really take hold. Mm -hmm. And um, they nearly shut us down because we were doing things outdoors in the woods in order to um, not comply with OSHA standards, basically. They barely had those at the time, too. And... Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you take chemicals out into the woods to do your business, uh, you you definitely are destroying nature mm -hmm. and potentially putting your employees' health at risk. Yeah. Et cetera. Giving yeah. the neighbors something to talk about. Yeah. I, I worked at I worked at a coffee shop. I, I won't say the name, um, but just just from that one store alone, I saw all of the you know all the plastic cups that we would use that would just go straight out the door along with plastic straws um, yeah you know there's and and that's just that's just the cups i mean we also had milk cartons and containers and little boxes of juice and you know yeah. paper waste from like receipts and you know there's there's a lot of of waste there that just gets thrown directly into the dumpster there was no recycling protocol there um, you know, we would, we would, we had like a recycling bin that had like a blue liner, but that would literally just go into the dumpster too. So <laughs> it's, 
it's hard to it's hard to say like you know it, combined yes i believe we could make a difference but it has to start with the bigger people first because i think by and large they're the ones who are making the most waste i mean a really good movie to watch about that i think especially that has like a very kind of fun happy vibe to it despite the fact that the, when you think about it you're like wow this is dark um is uh wally um oh yeah wally yeah yeah i think that's a spectacular movie uh, that really demonstrates the fact that big companies create so much trash and garbage and waste that just gets dumped um in places where one it shouldn't be uh, and two, they don't seem to really like have any negative repercussions. I mean, the the company in that film makes the Wally robot that helps you know fix all the trash into like yeah. little cubes and stuff. And I mean, at the end of the day, even those robots broke down and they were just littering the landscape. Wally's like the last of his kind there. But that's a fantastic movie to watch to try and you know, get a perspective on what a large company can do. Um, and the people in that movie, too, were um, toxic. They were just full of trash themselves and creating more trash and mm -hmm. hovering around consuming. <laughs> okay, so that brings me to the the thing that Sarah brought to my attention that has to do with with climate change and pollution. And that's these little tiny pellets called, what are they, nurdles? Nurdles, yes. Nurdles. Apparently, a billion nurdles got dumped into the Mississippi mm -hmm. on accident. And uh, the wildlife are eating them. Eventually, they'll be washed out into the ocean where even more wildlife will eat them. And then bigger wildlife will eat the littler wildlife and eventually we'll be eating the nurdles. Yeah. <laughs> if food chain things from the Gulf. Right. So, and there's no uh, plan to clean these things up. There's a big old pass the buck around whose fault is this and who's going to clean it up. They're not going to decide. They just aren't. They're, they're going to keep passing that buck around until it's in the ocean. Yeah. Yep. And then they'll let the ocean take care of it. I'm here to tell you that's not the ocean's deal, you know. The yeah. ocean isn't like um, some kind of cleanser. And it goes in there and destroys things, and it stays in there. Plastics pretty much forever. Yep. And apparently these nurdles, I don't know exactly what they use them for, making bigger plastic things, I think. They melt them down? Is that I have true? no idea. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what they use nurdles for. I just... It's I, in the article. Yeah. Link in the description. Yeah. Um, the, the, even the people who were transporting it aren't willing to take responsibility for it. Um, this kind of thing, this kind of like pass the buck and it's nobody's fault is... is I just think it, I, I can't, I lose my words over it. It's frustrating. Because, it's, it's hellaciously frustrating because. Well, and it's inhumane too. Yeah. And it's not being kind to the planet you live on and the fish and the yeah. creatures that are going to eat these things, turtles. Mm -hmm. 
and die. if you think your plastic straw is bad try like a chunk of plastic like yeah, an actual just like solid chunk that's like this big like yeah. these things aren't very small like some of them are some of them are no bigger than like a pea but some of these are you know the size You'll of a quarter the, the picture in the um in, yeah, in the, the article the, yeah there's a bunch of pictures in the article that's linked in the description if you want to have a look at this but it's not it's not good. And there are billions of them. Yeah, billion. The B. <laughs> so, mm, mm. it's not I good. mean, and, and that's just another thing in a long line of uh, abuses that the Gulf of Mexico has taken. Mm -hmm. um, there's more petroleum than ever being drilled especially like from and all spilled the and spilled we've had an oil yeah. spill this year too several and through all the way through galveston around louisiana mm -hmm. and all that gets mixed up together in a hurricane and dumped into louisiana like i mean it's just yeah. i get frustrated not, i get mad it's not, it's not just the fact that everything got knocked down it's that pollution and all that crap because it because it, it it's stinky and these it smells. people that it yeah and yeah, these people that live there are trying to you know remake their anthill and get it back to normal yeah um they're they trying to be able to yeah they're returning to a home that not only is has been flooded and, and knocked over to the ground they're also building on soil and that that has been you know flooded over with water from the ocean that's been tainted by chemicals that from the chemical explosion that happened it's been tainted by the fact that there's dead fish everywhere there's you know the oil spill that that happened continues to happen <laughs> like i think the things that happen in the aftermath are far worse than the actual act of the hurricane yeah because at the end of the day that's the long term that's the you know people are going to well, get that's sick what that's what people have to live with yeah, yeah. going yeah. forward and people that's get people get sick from like the chemicals potentially in in the ground that just happen to be there that mess with the groundwater and if you have a well and you drink you know well water i know a lot of people here in arizona you know tyler's family has a well if something happened like that here they wouldn't have clean drinking water so yeah they're under a boil order from what i hear but even that even I mean, yeah that. no way yeah no way and then and then right you're like okay i have to boil all my water well i'm not doing that i'm gonna buy i'm gonna buy water bottles there's some plastic that that is just gonna yeah. exist it's, in the world like it's, it's just perpetuating yeah. <laughs> so we can't win <laughs> there's no good answer and and it's right just, it's just like this is an awareness episode. This isn't like we're not going to pitch solutions to this because we obviously don't have We don't them. have it. Like, it's impossible to think of, of ones that would be able to It's be. overwhelming. It's yeah. overwhelming. And I feel so sad for my friends in that area. Yeah. I had friends in Houston when Harvey came through. Yeah. I mean, I have friends all over the Southeast. And I just always feel, you know, like um they never get catch a break for very long before there's another 
either tornado, hurricane, or flood. I feel the same way. I feel the same way for people who live in California because I think it was either in 2018 or 2019 they had a they had another really big fire, like the one that they're having now. Fires every year. They have fires. They have fires every year, but this particular one had threatened. um, uh, His name is uh, Matt Pat. He does game theory, and he just bought his house. His wife just gave birth to their first son. And here comes this huge ass fucking wildfire literally right behind his house, like yards away from his house. Um, and they had to be evacuated. His house is fine. His wife and child, totally fine. Um, they were able to move back in, no harm, no foul. But I mean, like, you know, <laughs> he, he kept everybody abreast of what was happening and it was just scary to see like even you know i might be just like a humble subscriber to him but i you know like he's got a family i worry about him you know just like anybody else should probably worry about the people who live in louisiana who now have to you know return to a state that's potentially just hollowed ground at this point because of how i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be a while and i hope that um the government are in it to win it for these people because they're going to need it mm-hmm. and they deserve it. This isn't their first hurricane. And no. Obviously won't be the last and they're getting worse. These hurricanes aren't little hurricanes and it's not a category two where, you know, hardly any damage happens. It's a yeah. category four that hovers over your area and scrubs everything off of it. Yeah. So, and causing huge storm surge that you know it it just floods and wipes everything off of there too um well we're kind of lucky to have air conditioning here and and electric but i guarantee if our electric didn't work uh there would be a lot more people suffering yeah the consequences of this heat out here yeah. You know, just the fact that we're running so much electricity, we, we've we heard of um, California having blackouts over there. Sorry, Californians. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we're running a lot of air conditioning, too. But, you know, we can't keep up with the need of power out here no. either. So we don't have um, any, we don't have any sort of like generation power here. I mean, we have the Palo Verde power plant, but that's not enough. (laughs) I guess some of our, we get some of our uh, water from California and we give them some of our power. Yeah. I mean, but there's, there's dependencies like that all over the place out here for water and power. And with these fires going and the heat and the resources of people. They need people to can fight these fires. Well, well here's fires the thing. are not normal. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing about with the firefighters that they are using. So obviously every firefighter is out in armed force. They're also using um, prison inmates to fight the fires. That's actually something that's a very common practice in California where um, the inmates have the ability to go work as a firefighter for very, very limited pay. Um, And California just passed a bill, a very, very good, very good round of applause, California, for passing this bill that allows inmates that once they've served their sentence, they are allowed to work as firefighters after they get out, which is fantastic. That that allows them to basically rebuild their life, um, a new life, you know, crime-free, 
if, yeah. if you know and and that also you know builds rapport with them as well because they work right alongside these other firefighters they know exactly what to do they're already trained you know and the problem is is that the prison population right now is suffering an enormous COVID-19 crisis inside of these prisons because there's no social distancing, there's no masks, they're not requiring inmates to do any of that because they can't. Um, there's not enough space or room and a lot of people are calling to let some of these lesser um, crimes go, um, like possession of marijuana if it's a really you know small amount, let them go because in California it's legal if you, you know, in, in, in certain amounts, and if you have like a med card and stuff like that, here it's legal in Arizona, Cal, uh, Colorado, it's legal. Um, Nevada. Nevada, yep. And, and Washington and some, State, I'm Washington not sure about State. Oregon. I don't yeah. know about Oregon either, but they're saying, you know, let some of these people go so that way they can get out of prison and potentially not catch COVID and not die. So, you know, people were saying that you know, we're having to fight this fire in California with people who have COVID, you know, yeah. so it's like our yeah. climate crisis is so bad that we're using prison labor to com combat the fires that climate change has started while they are suffering from this, you know, virus, this, this absolutely devastating disease. And uh, I'm, I'm just so glad that, that, you know, they did at least, at the very least, pass that bill so that way you know, the, the inmates that are fighting these wildfires are able to have the job when they come out. Okay, so let's try to wrap this uplifting episode up. Oh yeah, it's very uplifting. It's very uplifting. The world's literally on fire. There's a virus. We just got smashed with a fucking hurricane. If you, yeah, if you can uh, donate, uh, there are legitimate sources to donate to yep the, we'll link we'll have a bunch of links in the description if you feel it in your heart to donate if you can't donate that's okay we understand this is a really hard time but spread the word you can volunteer yeah mm -hmm. uh spread this around um spread the links around that we're going to share yep Make people aware that this is going on because if people just tune into the nightly news, they're not going to be hearing about this enough. Yeah, they're just going to hear about what the president said. And I mean, yeah, there's so much uh, political news right now that it's overtaking all the news. And I'm glad and that he, there's, and I'm glad that there's a spotlight there. I'm really glad that there's a spotlight there because he has said some dumb shit, but. There are it people who need to be the entire program. Though. No, no, and there there needs to be a spotlight on the people who are literally in. suffering. <laughs> exactly, and the breaking in throughout the day with news conferences that are not relevant. Yeah, and yeah. something that could have been said over Twitter or in a different format. Yeah. We don't need an hour and a half throughout the day blathering on and on about things that don't matter compared to these things that we just talked about yeah. there's there's really only one thing that, that that matters currently and and that's people not suffering and right and 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 there's just so much of it right now i mean the black lives matter movement is still going on throughout all this the there's also you know 
Well, there's also animal suffering. The yeah, there's animal suffering too. They're losing their homes in California because it's burned to the ground. A bunch of fish just died in Lake Charles. Like, ah. Yeah, not to mention all along the coast, you know, all along the coast from uh, the edge of Texas all the way around Louisiana, about halfway around Louisiana. You know, we still have storms lining up out there too. Yeah, we're not we do. done having. Storms. We're not done. So, and for us out here, we're not getting anything. We're not getting a bit of rain, and it seems like we're not going to with this El Nino lining up for us. That makes this me winter, mad. That makes me mad. This winter's <laughs> gonna suck. I'm so mad about that. <laughs> We, we're looking forward to a little cooler weather. We've had a couple of cool cool days, like in the 90s for us, it feels cold. Today today was nice. Today was nice. Yeah. Yesterday was better. But we're going to go back up to like 105. By the end of this week, yeah. But, it, but okay, that's relatively cool yeah. compared to like, once you get above 105, <laughs> each degree adds so much yeah it's unbearable it's it's yeah. awful i know it doesn't say you're thinking well how could you think 105 is cool well believe me when you've experienced 121 three days in a row 105 is a dream <laughs> like it's beautiful yeah so we we're just you know hoping that this is gonna continue or downtrend a bit maybe yeah, I don't want to spend my birthday in 115 degree weather. I don't want that. <laughs> I just don't want that. Well, thanks for tuning in this week. And we will be back with you um, probably for Sarah's birthday very soon. My super birthday sweet 27th. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thank you. I love you, Sarah. I love you too, Mom. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.